she waddles through this land, pregnant with dreams of liberation, with nowhere to birth them. Her water breaks in an attempt to cleanse the rot of patriarchy, but in turn baptizes her as less than human. But this feminist understands that the power of her voice and clenched fist shall reclaim her freedom. Not yet, Uhuru, the new voice of the women's liberation movement. Dear University, we the feminists, being ultimately angry and bored, need a means of asserting a different set of values to begin imagining the future. Oh yes, welcome to Not Yet Uhuru's hashtag Dear University Show. Of course, you can join us on a daily basis as we talk about different topics right here on UJFM Drive 95.4. You're hanging out with myself, Pumzilum. And Naledi Chirwa. We will be your host for the first hour of this drive time slot from Monday to Friday. Now, yesterday we had a conversation about mental health where we discussed anxiety and depression often experienced in university, in the working space or professional environments. However, Naledi, today's show is called Hashtag Dear University. Yes. Can you please tell us what the show is all about? Well, it Dear <laughs> University basically is a current affairs show on university living and life in the acad academy, particularly as a, as, as a feminist, you know, like yeah. being a feminist. Yeah. And this show really wants us to bring out some of the issues that have been raised by students over and over for the past two years. Mm. And so it only makes sense that we speak about gender in our very first show yet here university you know as you're saying as, as you're talking about gender and and, and, and you know and, and talking about the first show i'm actually reminded by what utapiso mudita said yesterday yes because yes, yes. we had a telephonic interview with her mm -hmm. and you know she, she talked about the fees must fall movement how it brought her into feminism mm. uh, and you know when the first when the first Fees Must Fall protest started, yeah. I was actually here at work. You know, I was working and because on the, uh, you know, I, I, I also do news. Yeah. So, and then I was reading about, oh my goodness, students are protesting, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. protesting for, for tuition fees. And I was like, oh my goodness, it, it, it's such a good initiative. Yeah. Because if you want education, yeah. and that means you're willing to fight for it, mm -hmm. and that's high five today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I remember in, in 2015, I was within the movement of Fismas Fall at the <laughs> University of Pretoria. And you very surprised. funny, I was actually pregnant at the time. Oh. Yeah, when Fismas Fall came, I was pregnant. Yeah. And, and it was rough. I mean, like for the, for, since October, August, September, October, you know, those months, the Fismas Fall 2015. Yeah. And then into 2016 again, the Africans must fall. So my whole pregnancy, I experienced it on the picket lines. It was really crazy. But, but, but so much has happened since. Of course, definitely. Mm. I mean, you know, people just think of these must fall in, 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 in alienation. Yeah. But these movements actually came from somewhere. Students have been putting in work for years. Mm. For years, activating spaces, um, mobilizing, having dialogues and talks. I remember in UP, we had e Black Thursdays. Yeah. So good Black Thursdays would come, at, would come together on, on, on Thursdays mm -hmm. and just play black music, read black books, black authors. And, and that was a space for us to actually, you know, get aggravated in peace. Mm. Not even in peace, peace, peace. Because you was like, hey, yo, guys, like, you need to <laughs> shut this down. I can imagine. Because I'm so yeah. funny. But, you know, if he's must fall, for most of us, comes from many other things. And it's not just in isolation. I mean, after the break, we speak about fallism, 
fees must fall protests and some of the issues that have collapsed the movement since with the founder of old rose must fall uh, from the University of Cape Town and then later on we speak to feminist and feminist for leader Busisiwa Siyabi from Wits University she's the leader of gender and feminism in the movement Jamaz Naubusi guys so after the break in Kumani and then we break this thing down your gender and fallism and of course we're very active on social media so you can join the conversation and have your say all you gotta do is tweet us at SoulCT underscore SA alternatively at UJFM this is Body Time Writer on UJFM Drive on 95.4 hashtag not, not yet, yet Uhuru. Uhuru. You are listening to Not Yet Uhuru, brought to you by the Soul City Institute. Welcome back. This is Dear University on UJFM Drive 95.4. Do join the conversation and have your say. I mean, tweet us at Soul City underscore SA or alternatively at UJFM. We are talking about gender and fallism or fallism in gender. It can be understood in both ways. And the song that just played is um, The Higgs. Is it The Higgs? Yes, it's the Higgs, the gimmicks and the Higgs. Yeah. Now we'll be talking about uh, our experience coming into university, mm. into university life. I mean, yeah. I remember in my first year, I was, <laughs> I was caught in two different worlds, coming yeah. in from Mamelodi mm. into, you know, a very meeting, cheesy space, mm. in a bourgeoisie space. And it was just a cultural shock, a class shock. I was just shocked on so many levels. And I couldn't even grasp the ground properly. First, you have to get accommodation. That is a hassle on its own. Then you have to, you know, secure funds. And it was just a lot for a first year coming into education. I think that strain, the strain that we have in first year, mm. played a huge role, actually. Yeah. Also, and participating in the movement. Yeah, look, I'm not going to lie. W when I started in varsity, it was, it was totally different, you know, from high school. Because w when I first got into university, I, I thought, you know, it's pretty much the same as high school. Yeah. Only yeah. to find out that the workload is totally different. You know, there's yes, too much yes, work to do. Yes. And e e even with expenditure as well, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. with regards to, to buying textbooks. Yeah. Because we used to get free textbooks in, in high school, school right so it was a totally different issue. yeah and then i had to like get a job mm. i had to get a part-time job mm. in order for for me to sustain their life you know in varsity mm. so you know you, you can imagine that the whole transition the whole change yes the whole freedom yes. that you yes. have as a student yes. because in high school i mean teachers are constantly after you do your work submit your sudden, you have to do the whole thing you know, by yourself no one is after you and yet at the end of the day you still have to be up to date with yeah. your work because if you don't do that then you get left behind i think that was also strenuous for me and for many students really because if you don't have textbooks then you have to make i'm a copy you know and that too is money and it was just it was just horrible experience jay who yeah. are we losing there on the line is it kumani um, we're supposed to have Kamani on the line. We're trying to get hold of him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but then we, we're currently sorting it out. So, yes. Well, we are still speaking gender and fallism and fallism and gender, you know, and we have to also outline uh, the particular experiences of, of black women going into university, you know, like how you have to get through the struggle. Yeah, my parents, I'm talking about poor girls here. There's also the struggle of sanitary towels, you know, like you don't get free sanitary towels. That's a conversation on its own. I always speak about how at the picket lines, we always note uh, other natural you know, needs. Like when we are hungry, the comrades are hungry. Let's get food for the comrades. But never at all are we asked who is on her period so we can get tampons or sanitary towels. So the needs of womanhood or of women 
or, or female bodies are not recognized in, at the picket lines. And, and that is also violent erasure because if you can note natural needs of bodies, but you can't note natural needs of the female body, then it's linking. We have Kumani now on the line. Okay, so on the line, I believe we, we have Kumani Makwele from the University of Cape Town. Um, a very good afternoon, Kumani. How are you? Oh, gosh. No, 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 Kumani. No, we want to hear you. Ah, but we want to talk to you. No, Kumani, we want to hear you speak. We want to hear you speak. Kumani, but we're not getting a hold of him. You know what? I, I think we should just play a song. And then while we try, while we're still trying to get hold of Okumani, all right, and we'll be back in a sec. Let's do that. You are listening to Not Yet Uhuru, brought to you by the Soul City Institute. It is music coming to you from the Kipness, and this one is titled Love Go Cold. You're still tuned into the UJFM Drive on 95.4. My name is Pumzile, and I believe on the line we've got, uh, you know, the founder of the hashtag Roads Must Fall movement, Ukumani Makwele, from the University of Cape Town. Uh, Kumani, a very good afternoon to you. Ah, how are you doing? Finally, we get hold of you. Gosh. <laughs> how are you, Kumani? Very well, thanks. How are you? I'm good. Um, it's very important that we, we get to speak to you as well as course, we do yeah. with other, you know, fallist leaders in the movement. And we want to trace back, mm. you know, to from started. the movement here, Roads Must Fall, Obuti. What was it about when it, when it initially started? Well, um, you can speak about uh, um, racism in the UCC, racism in Russia, um, and of course then the suffering of uh, black people. Mm -hmm. And of course at UCC it's rampant because people pretend as if they are not black. Mm -hmm. and, uh, they try to do everything so that they can be uh, as, um, assimilated to the white world. And some of us suffer, but there's no need to be white in order to show that you're smart or yeah. think or you can you know something you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and of course then the deep seated racism both institutional as well as personal was um at rampant yeah. and we had to sort of show it up and of course um of us raised things during lectures during seminars during conferences with university but yeah. of course you would be deemed as if you're an outlier mm -hmm. or you're stupid or you're mm. and then that's why then Rose Must Fall came about. And now going from Rose Must Fall into, into Fees Must Fall, what was the relationship between the two or did the other, was the other affected by the other or the other, you know, just take us through the transition from Rose Must Fall into Fees Must Fall, particularly from at UCT. Well, I mean, our, our idea of course was the, the, the racism emanates yeah. um, from power. Mm -hmm. And of course, the, the, the reason why the, the black people were sort of, um, subjected to powerlessness yeah. was the, the inability to show the muscle of capital. And of course, the, the, um, the process of accumulation, the most accumulated black students see, are the most affluent ones. Okay? Now, the, the poorer you are, the mm. poorer, um, the, the, the march of press you are at the city. Yeah. And then we sort of felt that there's no need to hide that you are poor, you are from Kobokobo and Ganduli. Mm. Um, <laughs> you had to show that. And other people, oh, in fact, they, they sort of 
didn't even want to go to the Jews of Nessus, you know, mm-hmm. because the Jews of Nessus will tell you that you are poor. Yeah. And, and, then, and, then, and then, of course, the, the notion of Sidney Paul was actually to deal with the, the humiliation of students um, who are poor, you know, by virtue of being poor and then you're being humiliated. Mm-hmm. Um, and hence, hence for us, was to say, look, it's not just about us in the university who are poor, but also we are, there are a lot of students who are not allowed to come into the university or who are forced to, to, to leave the university because they cannot pay their fees. Yes. Or to not be accepted at all because they cannot pay their registration fee and so on. And then in South Africa, there is no need for that. And of course, um, uh, the, the, the idea of business for was in fact to respond to any year call yeah. of free education because that's what they promised that there will be free education. Now, when we saw students um, suffering, and then itself, I think, mm-hmm. you know, there's no need but in fact to challenge mm-hmm. the status quo, which is the, um, the white power. Okay, now Kumani, I'm sure a lot of people are asking this question. What is currently happening with the Fees Must Fall movement? Well, I mean, the, 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 the Fees Must Fall, of course, it's there. Um, remember that our rejoinder is a rejoinder of a resistance struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, a new resistance struggle has its own um, um, force, okay? And, and then, of course, for us, you remember that at some point, there was a, a deliberate state shutdown of institution where police were at Virgin University area, UCT, and everywhere in the country there was police. Yeah. And they deliberately tried to shut down the, the mm-hmm. and, then, mm-hmm. and then that played a big role in terms of fear around Sudan. And of course, you know that the student leaders were arrested, Gabo Damini, Matkoil Mlandu, Akabilem, and so on, you know, and, 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 and those things are still continuing. And most of the students in UWC were in fact mm-hmm. at the you know? Yeah, and then you yeah. Yourself, um, you guys, you allowed your own comrades to be expelled, mm-hmm. now you're still enjoying yourself at the university, but the likes of um, yeah. Mila <laughs> and and, and, um, and Pulu, yeah. they are expelled there, and the comrade, uh, uh, um, there's another comrade there, um, Solozi. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And, and, and of course, this is um, it's your problem. You know, mm-hmm. you, are, you guys, you are the problem. Mm-hmm. You still enjoy uh, being at university, and yet you have your fellow students being expelled. As you can see, there's no student was expelled. Yeah. Um, and even those who suspended were brought back because fellow students who were uh, true police, they managed to be able to push the university to limit where the investment decided to bring back students who were suspended. Yeah, I hear you. Now, at some stage, there was the Patriarchy Must Fall movement, uh, which was where women members of the LGBTIQ community were complaining about the patriarchy within the Roads Must Fall movement. Now, have these issues that they raised been resolved in the movement? And I'm asking you this question knowing very well which perspective you're going to answer from. But I still want to know, you know, I still want to know. Well, I mean, of course, uh, as I said, that the, the, the question of patriarchy uh, is an important one, uh, but of course, I'm not a uh, spokesperson of everything yeah. in the movement. And of course, of course. Um, to be able to articulate their, their, their pain or what they are thinking of what's happening. Mm. But of course, um, the, 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 the issues of patriarchy or gender expression in, in the social mass-based movement Right. Mm-hmm. Always be there, mm-hmm. but um, and of course for us, uh, if you are a true revolutionary, yeah. um, 
you don't um, um, silence or shut down voices that emanate from a movement and then they, they make a, 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 a call of their own suffering, okay? And, and then for us, it's like we, we, we felt that look, we, we, we had no power to shut down anyone. Anyone who had um, the, the problem of patriarchy or gender, yeah. we had to raise it. And then that's why some of us decided to say, fine, if people have a problem with that, we'll support them and then raise those issues. And of course, the issue of gender, it's not just a few people yes. who are at university <laughs> who are feeling oppressed. Yeah. If you go to the township, Lots of women are being killed mm. and we as students in the upper actual and universities in the elite universities of Russia. Mm, we yes. have not raised those issues sharply. And, and, and of course, for me, it, 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 it's a twofold kind of thing. That if um, they are able to lead a, a mass-based revolution in, in the university, therefore they must be able then to take the revolution to the community. And mm. then the widespread um, patriarchy in fact, in the communities as well as in our universities. For example, at UCT, the Patriot Singapore never launched any campaign in relation to the majority of male professors or male uh, lecturers in the university. Okay? And these are the things that it's fine to raise within the movement. And we are not the only one. I mean, you've got the ANC. Inside the ANC, there's a lot of patriarchy. What do we do to see women supporting males? And then in the EFF, there's patriarchy. You see women being led by men. Okay. Now this is a societal problem. It's not just the people's fault or Rosen's fault. Okay. Now for me, the question is how to tackle this thing simultaneously, both in the institution as well as other organisations that actually uh, groom us as, as activists, because we don't survive as isolation at university. We survive outside the university. What happens at the uh, outside university leaves a lot to desire. Kumani, you know what, thank you so much for sharing, you know, what, your experiences with regards to, to, to the movement and in informing us and enlightening the listeners as well at home. I hope you have a great day. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. There was the founder of the hashtag Roads Must Fall movement, Kumani Makwele, uh, you know, telling us uh, about the, the, the hashtag uh, Roads Must Fall movement. And thank you so much for joining us. You're still tuned in to Not Yet Uhuru's Body Time right here on Media FM Drive, brought to you uh, by the Soul City Institute for Social Justice. You are listening to Not Yet Uhuru, brought to you by the Soul City Institute. Welcome back to Dear, Hashtag Dear University on UJFM Drive 95.4. Do join the conversation and have your say. Tweet us at SoulCity underscore SA or alternatively at UJFM. We are talking about gender and fallism or fallism in gender. Now before that, there was Black Girl Soldier by Jamila Woods. And we are still about this ish. I mean, talking, mm. going back to... <laughs> To our comments got Kumani, yeah. you know, they were grating me to all stand up from my seat. Because mm. it made me realize, you know, Kumani highlights that, um, you know, in the movement, we sort of almost forgot the students that were ostracized from the institutions, yeah. who were expelled and suspended. Yeah. And being one of those students, I also, you know, very much uh, relate mm. to the sentiments, right? Yes. And I think what, 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 what really triggered me or got me is how the response in, in terms of talking about if the issues, the patriarchy must fall, uh, in those must fall were resolved, and then they quickly deciphered into a very vague, you know, mm. umbrella, which 
almost highlights, in fact, it very, very much highlights that gender, gender issues, gender grievances are not, are not something that we hold to be a very high priority, right? Because yes. here we have a movement, Patriarchy Must Fall, hmm. that, is, that is highlighting the grievances within the movement, you know, in close proximity. And yet, when we have to respond to those issues, then we take it out and externalize it, you know. What do we do with the patriarchy in, within the movement, amongst ourselves as comrades? We can't just leave it for another moment. We can't just leave it for another day. We have to talk about it now. We have to resolve the issues now because I think it's one of the main issues that probably that are a big mountain, you know, within the Fismas 4 movement. We can't continue putting our lives, our bodies on the line and then turning back and having to be, you know, violated as, 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 as comrades within the movement. And, 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 you know, that's a conversation for another day as well. We must go in deeper here. But I hopefully Ubusisiwe Siabi will come out here and highlight to us what this really means, that we can, we, we can highlight particularly and point out distinct issues within the movement. But the moment we have to speak about gender issues, then we just drop it and we don't make it an issue that is, you know, directly linked to us within yeah. the movement. Look, I have to agree, you know, with regards to, I mean, I mean, Kumani's interview was very insightful, but then I also feel, you know, he sort of like dodged, you know, the whole, you know, gender situation that happened during the movement because I, I learned yesterday during a telephonic interview with Utsepiso that, you know, the, the ladies who took part in the Fismas Fall initiative suffered from a, a lot of issues which were not addressed, which were not even covered by the media. Yeah. The only thing that we got to learn about was the tuition issue. Mm. But then the fact that some female students were raped, it mm. was not highlighted, mm. you know. So I hope Obusisi, where we have, hopefully we have Obusisi on the line. Yeah. Um, let's check if she's on the line at the moment. Mrs. Sue, good afternoon. Hello. Oh, hey, Wusi. <laughs> How are you, Wusi Sue? Oh, yes, girl. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Now, if you've just joined us, Wusi Sue is a feminist and was one of the leaders during last year's movement. Welcome to the EJFM Drive. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be on the show. It's an amazing show. I heard it yesterday and I'm excited to be here. Oh, man. Now, Busi, can you please tell us, what is your understanding of the fullest movement? For me, the fullest movement is, is a culmination and a combination of various things. Um, you know, it is a decolonial project that attempts to position itself in society today in order to address and alleviate a lot of yeah. the oppression and suppression that we're faced with. But unfortunately, fullism also comes at a cost as well. Mm. And that cost has been and is um, a gendered one to a large extent. Yes. And yes, especially when yes. looking at women within the fallism space, when looking at mm. LGBTQI, um, you know, communities as well and other marginalized bodies. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you find the relations that we see in society playing out within the fallism space. Mm -hmm. I mean, from my understanding, you know, that fallism space also represents some sort of um, societal norm yes. in the country that yes, we yes. live in today. It has some sort of a tradition and a culture that is a, it has adopted over the past, um, you know, two years that reflects a lot of what is wrong with our society today. Mm -hmm. And to a large extent, that is very gendered. Now, let's talk about your experience, you know, you know, as someone who is a black woman leading to the Peace Must Fall protest, as a black woman, I beg your pardon. <laughs> 
I mean, it, it, it was difficult and it will continue to be difficult. Yeah. I mean, not because we have to work two times as hard, mm-hmm. but we have to work three times as hard and we need to work six times as smarter Goodness. as everyone else. And we must constantly be ahead of everyone instead of being able to connect to the immediate situation and the ground. You have yeah. to have four foresight into what is going to happen. But what is more stressful about that space would be, you know, the kind of psychological and emotional mm. um, neglect, um, you know, abuse that you encounter, not mm. only from the males in that space, but also from, you know, other marginalized bodies as well, because yes. we haven't found, yes. you know, the, the, the connecting thread in learning how to communicate with one another and mm. learning how to work simultaneously. So it becomes a very toxic space. Mm. Um, it becomes a space also, fortunately, for us um, as black women to write, to document, and to share our lived experience with one another and to try and assist each other where we can. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate because even in that space, things such as patriarchy, being patriarchal princesses mm-hmm. and matriarchy yeah. come you know, at play and they're at loggerheads. Mm-hmm. So it's a very contentious space and very violent at the same time. Sure. I hear you, Busi, now, you know, because Minandi, I was personally as well, you know, and, and, and my my observation a lot when it comes to discussing the issue of patriarchy within uh, the movement is that you know the people that we are talking to or confronting the the oppression that we are confronting responds to our grievances as something that you know we cannot see within the movement just by the corner there you know where people can't bring it back to themselves of how their masculinity or how their hyper-masculinity is toxic for us and the space and the movement and how it actually, you know, it takes us back to square one. Because then you're fighting this big gorilla dragon and then there's little gorilla dragons here with you who don't want to acknowledge that, you know, this dragonism is problematic for the movement and us as people who want to advance the movement further. We, they respond to it and I want you to take us through how, how, how that uh, affects the movement when we respond to you know, patriarchal symptoms and habits as something that don't exist entirely or we can't really pinpoint properly within the mov- what that does to the movement itself I mean we, we've attempted to find solutions right mm-hmm. and we've attempted to use mechanisms such as you know, um, you know, pride activities and campaigns like yeah. pride, yes. feminism, and so forth. But when when you when you talk to, um, you know, people in the fullest space, mm-hmm. one thing that they are very clear about is that their agenda is to liberate the black the black man and the black individual. Yeah. But what does not come into play is you know the other black beings that mm-hmm. participate in this liberation, the other black beings that self-sacrifice and become martyrs in order to liberate you know mm-hmm. black people as an entirety. So when you look at a fullest space to a large extent, it is always the women, it is always, you know, the LGBTI community yes. that must subserve, mm. that must yield, um, you know, to the mandate of the patriarchal, you know, liberation struggle and strategy. Mm. Because that's what it is. More than anything else, I think for me, it perpetuates a lot of what we're fighting against. Yes, when yes, When we talk about, yes. you know looking at, you know, these um, marginalized bodies and looking at intersectionality, a conversation that doesn't happen is intersectionality outside of a capitalist, patriarchal kind of system. Yes. This is something that we've adopted in revolutionary spaces. Yes. We want to be revolutionary. We read Marx and, you know, and mm-hmm. people and we think we know it all, mm-hmm. but we don't understand the fact that for non to a large extent, the same vehicle 
ignored the intersectional question. They yes, ignored yes, yeah. you know, the question of women. They ignored the question of you know intersex um, of of queer bodies as well. Mm. So when we are going to try and attempt to wage a revolution without understanding the context, the complex um, complexities of you know the, the the group that we have come under and come together as it becomes problematic for us to wage anything. Mm-hmm. And this is also feeding back into the collapse of the Feeds with Soul movement, right? Yeah, of course, of um, course. And my personal experience as well as a woman was to say my legitimacy only came when two things happened, especially as a black woman. I was legitimate when, for an example, Saira Kala was mm. next to me or Fasia because mm. that presents, you know, a, a particular kind of a non-white, right, mm. um, that mm. a lot of black people mm. identify with because she's not completely black but she's not completely white, mm. it's fine, you know, she becomes the middleman, right, um, you know, between us and white people because she can talk to white people and she can address black people as well. Mm. But then I don't have legitimacy when Mbotla Mini is not there, when Vianney Pambo is not there, mm. when Mbotla yeah. is not behind me singing the national anthem, mm. then I lose my legitimacy. I need some sort of masculine, yeah. you know, um, yeah. enforcement to the crowd. It's either I speak in a very masculine way, yes. or I portray yes. myself in a yes. masculine way, yes. or I yes. have to find another physical masculine yes. body yes. to be able to present my ideas, and that is problematic. Because we're not willing to decolonize the mind. It's not decolonization with regards to curriculum only, and I think that's where we focus. Mm-hmm. But decolonization also with social behavior, right? Decolonization of gender. How do we decolonize and not care about someone's physical, sexual organs? Yeah. And this is what I always say to it. For an example, people that are homophobic. And my question always is, what is someone else's physical property, which is their private part? How does that influence your life? What does them exercising it in the way that they want to exercise it, you know, um, hamper your well-being and hamper your life? And that also becomes the same thing within that space as well to say, as a woman, because I've got breasts, because I've got a vagina, mm. and you know about this, yes. um, you know, Naledi, you speak yes. about this all the time yourself, to say that this is my vagina and I can do as I please with it. Mm. Oh, so regardless yes. of these things that I have, mm. how am I not being listened to? How am I not being taken serious within the space when I'm also sacrificing my body? When I'm also putting myself on the line, regardless of the fact that you do not see me, I'm objectified. I'm in that space. Thank you so much, Busisiwa, for giving us that amazing interview and your insights. That was Busisiwa Siabi, Fallist and Feminist University at, at, from the University of Witwatersrand. You are listening to Not Yet Uhuru right here on UJFM Drive, brought to you by the Soul City Institute for Social Justice. You are listening to Not Yet Uhuru, brought to you by the Soul City Institute. It is music coming through from Loram Vula, and this one is titled Overcome. You're still tuned into the UJFM Drive, and today's issue, or rather topic, it's titled Hashtag Dear University on UJFM Drive 95.4. Of course, you can still join the conversation and have your say. All you got to do is tweet us at SoulCity underscore say. Alternatively, at UJFM, you can also send us a WhatsApp on 064 8265800. We're talking about gender and folism or folism in gender. Yo, Pumzili. <laughs> that was heavy. That was heavy yeah. on so many levels, you know, because this show particularly made me realize that Fizma's fall is still a very much sensitive of issue. Of course, of course. You know, because I think it is, it is, it is something that is beyond us. You know, it is a supernatural movement mm. that we can't really grasp with our physical hands or physical minds or physical ways of thinking or normal ways of thinking because it is not that. 
it is very far away from that. Mm. I can see with how the conversations are unfolding, how yeah. we are engaging, how the show feels. Like I'm literally sitting on the edge of my seat because it's so heavy. You know, it's pulling me in and out. I'm, I'm leaving the space and coming back in. Sort of like what was happening during Fismas 4. Yeah. You're in the space, but you're not in the space. You're not in the space, but you're in the space. A like a complete or continuous, you know, moment of coming in and out of trauma. Now, if you've just joined us, we, we just talked to, we just spoke to Busisi Wasiabe, you know, who, who, talk, who told us about her experiences during, you know, the Fees Must Fall movement. And I really think mm -hmm. it's, it's absolutely ridiculous, you know, to, to come together as a nation to fight for one cause. Mm -hmm. And yet there's certain issues that arise within the movement. Yes. It's absolutely saddening. It is sad, but that's, that's just how it goes. You know, many things won't, won't, won't see. That is why we have not yet Uhuru. Because we recognize that patriarchy must fall. <laughs> it is a backlog for so many yeah. things. We want to deal with the real issues, but here is this thing in front of us. Here, e patriarchy that's dividing us. You know, there's people like saying that feminism divides us. No. Patriarchy divides us. Patriarchy is standing in between us and our liberation as a black people, as a black collective. But yeah. That was it. That's my lady. And you are still tuned in to Not Yet Uhuru on UJFM Drive 95.4. Thank you so much. Join us again tomorrow. And we'll be speaking about sex toys and pleasure tomorrow. So you, my friend, you better tune in. I can't wait. <laughs> she waddles through this land, pregnant with dreams of liberation, with nowhere to birth them. Her water breaks in an attempt to cleanse the rot of patriarchy, but in turn, baptizes her as less than human. But this feminist understands that the power of her voice and clenched fist shall reclaim her freedom. Not yet Uhuru, the new voice of the women's liberation movement. <laughs>